Welcome to The Bipod, a podcast about all things bisexual. We cover topics like bisexual representation, our own experiences, and queer culture. I'm Chelsea, and my pronouns are they and them. I'm Christina, and my pronouns are she and her. We define bisexuality as experiencing attraction to people who share your gender identity and to those who don't. We welcome anyone who has any kind of relationship with or curiosity about queerness. For more info about the show, you can visit thebipod.com or find us on Instagram at thebipod. We don't know everything. At all. This podcast is one piece of the long history of bisexual and queer discourse. We're here to be part of the conversation. Let's get into it. Ginger just looked up like we were greeting her. <laughs> yes. Hello, Ginger. You specifically. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Now she's on high alert. This is the guest that everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> what does Ginger think about uh, bi issues? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly she's very quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can't ask how you are, so I'll just say that I assume you're well. bold (laughs) Uh, yeah whenever someone like starts an email with like which when i like i also do this but when an email is like i hope this email finds you well i'm like (laughs) not once has an email ever found me well (laughs) not one time um that makes me think of the tweets that people will send that yeah. be like i hope this email never finds yeah. you <laughs> yeah i was like dealing with um some applications and stuff like uh when the insurrection happened and like the day of i was like emailing one of my grad school advisors and in the subject line i was like did uh you don't have to answer this email today. Weird that I'm like conducting business, but I like, this is my day off. So I have to do these things now. Um, I was like, feel silly to um, think of the future in this particular moment, but I guess I'll just send my little emails. But the subject I was, I, I was like, I hope this email finds you. Uh, delete, 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 delete. I hope. <laughs> I hope this email finds you. Yeah. <laughs> and if it doesn't, no, no worries if not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. Um, well, I'm excited today. We're talking about Heartstopper. Yeah, we are. Which we have talked about um, on Instagram a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've recommended it at various stages. And now we're going to have a whole conversation about it. Yeah. Exciting, fun, cool. Yes. Um, it's actually kind of funny because um, I'm the one that told you to watch Heartstopper. And mm-hmm. I like read the comics and... Very pro Heartstopper, big fan. Like when I finished watching it the first time, I immediately started watching it a second time. Um, but it was actually your idea that we should record an episode. And yeah. you've been kind of pushing this. You're like, we should talk about Heartstopper. Mm-hmm. Um, I have become a Heartstopper <laughs> pusher. Yes. I've recommended it to many a person. Um, yeah. For once in her life, Christina watched television. <laughs> And it, now we get it helps with the there's only eight episodes. Yeah, it was very easy. <laughs> Half to hour watch. left. Yeah, still took me a few weeks, but I got through it. You did. I did. Um, you did. Yeah, there will be if you somehow haven't watched Heartstopper yet, which please do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, there will be some spoilers. Um, so just be forewarned. I think. Yeah. To be honest, if you know what happens at the end, you would still enjoy the show. I yeah, think. it's not like there's like, like intense suspense. plot twists or anything yeah. happening here. Like, it's a story about people having feelings and being in relationships. Like, <laughs> yeah, wow, what a generic description. <laughs> I mean, it's a genre. Yeah, people having feelings and being in relationships. Yeah. Um, um, so that does happen. So just so you know, if you like are very spoiler averse and somehow have not watched it, you can hit pause. Watch it and then come <laughs> and back then come in eight back. hours yeah. or whatever it is. Uh, it's not even eight hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, I can't do math. It's like four. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. A reasonable amount of time to spend between pausing this episode, watching it, and coming back to the discussion. So yeah. you can do that now. <laughs> Great. 
Okay, welcome back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed watching Heart Stop for an hour. We're going to talk about it. Um, yeah, Chelsea, do you want to give us, do you have any like general feelings about Heart Stopper? Any initial thoughts? Initial thoughts? Yeah. Um, initial is in like initiating the conversation, <laughs> although. I'm like, I had my initial thoughts about Heart Stopper like in January. Yeah. So I know um, we're all behind. I'm behind. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, well, so I read the comics, um, so Heartstopper started out as, um, an online comic and was being released as single issues. It actually still is. Oh. You can go on Tumblr or on Webtoon and read all the Heartstopper comics that have been published for free. Um, the series isn't done yet, but it's in its, like final leg is my understanding um or there are four so far four um like additions that collect those um issues and then there will be a fifth one that I think comes out later this year um and that'll be like the final Hmm. one so I read the four that are out already um oh pro tip if you're requesting them from the library you should just request them all at once um, because they're a very quick read and the waiting list is probably very long. And so if you wait to request each one until after you finish the one before it, it'll take you like maybe a half an hour to read the entire comic. And then you'll be like, great, I'm so ready for the next one. And then it's like, oh, I have to wait six weeks for the next mm-hmm. one to become available. That's a good pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I read the comics. I really mm-hmm. loved them. Um, and then just like, by chance like I was I think I was googling to figure out like when the next one came out and then discovered that Netflix was going to make a show and that I wouldn't even have to wait that long for it to come out so I've been looking forward to the show for a couple months and so when it came out I like watched it immediately um I don't know if I watched it all in one Sitting, I might have broken up into two sittings. I think but you, pretty yeah, quickly. you broke it up into like maybe two days or like yeah. a day and a half. Um, but yeah, I uh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you seen it now? Like seen it all the way through? Um, only twice all the way through. I've started it a third time, but I didn't. Um, I didn't watch all of it. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> very yeah. cool. Very cool. Um, well, as I said earlier, I really enjoyed it. Um, I watched it alone and just like cried a lot, but cried like happy, tender tears. Um, the soundtrack is excellent. Mm -hmm. There was like, I know you mentioned a lot of, uh, internet, um, conversation about how like the episodes were so short because they were like spending all their money on licensing (laughs) the best game music that there is. Um, so I found Dover Beach by Baby Queen, which is currently, like, one of my favorite songs. Um, yeah, excellent. Top-notch playlist, highly recommend. Or top-notch soundtrack, highly recommend the soundtrack playlist. Um, yeah, it was just, like, it's very sweet. I, like, love um, shows where I love, like, all narrative stories where, like, queer people are nice to each other and then <laughs> other people are nice to queer people. And it's tender and it's, like, sweet. Um, It feels very, like, healing for me. Um, And I also like that in the show there is, like, there's still friction. Like, people are still, like, shitty as we would expect some people to be in the real world. Like, it doesn't feel, like, uh, so, like, um, removed from reality that I'm, like, this could never happen. Um, But it's, like, queer suffering is not at the center, um, which felt really nice. Yeah. Um, I'm realizing that maybe we should just give like a quick summary in case anyone was like, I don't care about spoilers, but I don't know anything about Heartstopper. Um, Perhaps you should take it away. Sure. (laughs) I'm going to try and recall exactly what I told you when I was like, oh my God, I'm excited about this show. (laughs) Um, So uh, the main characters um, are two teenage boys in Britain, uh, one of whom is named Charlie and he um very insecure and um is gay 
and in the year prior to the start of the story uh, was bullied because he, he was outed and then bullied and he had a really hard time. And at the beginning of the school year, um, he meets this guy named Nick because they're sat next to each other in like essentially homeroom. Um, and Nick is a rugby lad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know the type. Yeah. Um, he's very sporty. He's he, his Truly, his personality is that of a golden retriever, but yeah. Charlie doesn't know that at first, so there's a little bit like... You're um, a sport boy. <laughs> yeah, like, what is this? Yeah. Um, but they become friends, and um, Charlie has like a little bit of a crush on Nick. Um, a little bit of a crush on Nick. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the very beginning, you know, it, he has a crush on Nick, um, but everyone, his friends are sort of like, yeah, but... He's obviously straight. Like, look at him. He plays rugby. Yeah, but like, she's a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he, you know, he, he's straight. Yeah. Um, but in fact, Nick um, starts to have feelings for Charlie, too. And it's mm -hmm. about their, um, f their relationship and then also um, their friends as mm -hmm. well. Um, you get a lot of quality friend content. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie has um, Tao is one of his really good friends, and then uh, their friend L, who is trans. Who there's a, a girls' school and a boys' school, and L has just transferred to the girls' school. It's her first year there, um, and Charlie also has his friend Isaac, who I feel like Isaac does not get enough credit. He's like <laughs> the sweetest character. He's just sort of like there and like. And you Isaac know? actually isn't in the comic books. He replaced oh, really? another character. Because um, there's actually, there's like an extended universe. There are oh. other like books and stuff. And so in the comics, um, the character that sort of fills a similar role to um, to Isaac is named Ahmed. Um, but he has his own story. He has like a book that he's in. Mm -hmm. And so he's not in the show because... Uh, you couldn't fit all of yeah, the story, like basically, in the context. Thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the character of Isaac was created. Um, and they're different, but they sort of occupy maybe, like, a similar yeah. space. But Yeah. Yeah, Isaac is just, like, being great and, like, reading books and, like, um, a lot of... Uh, like asexual subtext of like yeah. everybody's having their like drama and he's just like, okay, well, <laughs> can I read my book and <laughs> be respectful? Like at one point he like uh, accidentally kind of walks in on Nick and Charlie having like a, a moment when Nick is not out to anyone yet. And Charlie hasn't told any of his friends anything because Nick is not out. Um, and Isaac is like, oh, sorry. And then just like <laughs> yeah, just leaves close and like, door. and Charlie is like, oh, Isaac won't say anything. Like, it's not even a question. He's like a solid person. Like, it, it's fine. And then they, they just like, don't talk about it again. Cause Isaac's <laughs> like, that's not my business. <laughs> Very sweet. Um, but yeah, I really like that in the show, like the friendships are, um, yeah, we'll talk about them more later, but they're like, um, they're taken very seriously as relationships, which I really like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to uh, move forward in the uh, sort of recap, um, Nick determines that he does have feelings for Charlie, and also he's bisexual. So we mm -hmm. have a bi guy, a bi lad, um, <laughs> and it's cute. There's like a scene where he googles like and I forget exactly what he googles, but it's something along the lines of like, "Am I bisexual?" or like, "What is?" I bisexual? think he starts with like, "Am I gay?" and uh -huh. then that he like takes a quiz, and it's very sort of like. 50-50. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> you see him. It's funny because like, or it's interesting because he's having some angst about it. Yeah. Um, and so it is sort of like an emotional moment, but then also as, you know, the person <laughs> who's like, <laughs> you're bisexual. Yeah. <laughs> and also like, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, we have all taken <laughs> on this podcast even. Yeah. Says, How bisexual are you? <laughs> so it ha there's like a layer there of being like, oh, like sweetheart. Yeah. But also like, LOL. Come on. <laughs> so endearing. Ugh, so endearing. Um, yeah, and I he like comes out to his mom. Uh and I like every time that, that scene comes on, I'm like crying in the club. <laughs> um so sweet. She's just like really accepting and he's like, I still like girls, and she's like, You don't have to like girls, like you don't have to say that you like girls if you don't, it's fine. 
And he was like, no, I do. It's called bisexuality. Have you heard of it? And she's <laughs> like, yes, of course. I, I'm not. Yes, of course I've heard of bisexuality. That's perfectly fine. Um, I was so sweet. Um, and then she says something that, like, I think this is the part that makes me cry every time. She says, like, for, she, like, when he tells her she's very, like, happy for him and, like, hugs him. And she's like, I'm sorry if I ever made you feel like you couldn't tell me. Oh, I don't know why that really hits for me. Um, and Nick's mom is played by Olivia Coleman, who is just, like, a phenomenal actress. I had, like, a weird... Um, a weird whiplash because um, around the same time period of me having me watching Heartstopper, um, I also watched Fleabag and oh. Olivia Coleman is in Fleabag and is just like absolutely evil. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, like being a like really sweet, tender mom. <laughs> and then also, yeah, um, that woman has range. Like, we love that. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Um, and like you said, uh, Nick is definitely like having some angst about it. And like he has, he kind of ends up like leaving behind a lot of his rugby friends, mm -hmm. um, which is mom before he comes out to her. She's kind of like, Charlie is like your nicest friend. You're like happiest when you're around him. Like there's, yeah. it doesn't feel like the kind of thing where he's like leaving all his friends for a boy. It's like, oh, these friends like don't. You weren't really friends so much as you were just, yeah. like, in the same uh, yeah. place. I think she even says, like, you seem more like yourself. Yeah. Yeah, before she, like, knows that they're dating. Um, maybe even before they are dating. I don't remember. Because um, they, like, hang out. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember they're in the car when they have that conversation. Yeah. But there's, like, a couple times in the car, so. Yeah. Um, and so you do see, like... There is, like, obviously there's, like, societal reason, but also, like, narrative reason why Nick is, like, having trouble or, like, having some angst about um, what that identity looks like because he's, like, got all these, like, stereotypical rugby friends who are, like, shitty um, to him and especially to Charlie, who is out the whole time. Um, there's also a side storyline where they, like, try to set him up with a girl. Um, Nick, not Charlie. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, Nick, not really. Yeah, um, and that's like I don't know a side of strife for him. So that character isn't in the like that whole like storyline um, isn't in the comics. Um, and so at first I was like a little bit nervous. <laughs> what if they make him straight? No. What well, <laughs> I mean, I didn't think that was. But I was like, oh my god, like what? Because um, some you know like. That uh, creating some kind of, like, stupid love triangle is definitely a thing uh, that, like, a TV show would do. Yeah. I should have had more faith because, like, Alice wrote... Uh, Alice Osman, who, like, created the comics, um, is also the one who, like, wrote the show. So oh, I should okay. have had more faith, but I was just, like... You're, you're uh, right to be skeptical. <laughs> We've been hurt before. Yeah. Um, but I actually think that it was um, a night, like... I think it worked out in that, like, it helped to externalize some of the things that yeah. were, like, going on with Nick internally. Yeah. And, um, and so in, in doing that, it gives him an opportunity to act, to, like, parse out how he feels and also, like, ex expands his characterization a little bit. Like, there's a really great moment with his mom talking about this girl and his mom is like, Oh, do you like her? <laughs> and Nick says, "Well, <laughs> her dog died." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Her dog dies like the day before they're supposed to go on their date. That yeah. He wants to get <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's this really moment of like, oh, like he's so sweet. We <laughs> are like, um, <laughs> he like. He wants to be, you know, a good person and he sort of just has to learn like, oh, the way to be a good person is to be honest about yeah. who you are and what your intentions are, not to go out with a girl just because her dog <laughs> died. Yeah. And even then, like when he tells her like, oh, I'm like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm just not like interested in you that way. He like meets her at a park and brings his dog so she can play with the dog. Yeah. Which is very sweet. 
Um, there's also there there's a lesbian couple, um, which like has their own storyline that's very sweet and compelling. And one of them is a girl that like he kissed in like sixth grade or something. Yeah. And they like kind of talk about it because there's some like rumors before like she is also out. Um about how they like have a history, which I'm like, you guys are like <laughs> 16 of a history, you know, but I get it. Um, and he, she's like, oh yeah, when we kissed, I was like, sure, I was a lesbian. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I like really liked kissing you. And she's like, nope, that's good for you, but I'm gay. Um, and so it's kind of a moment of like um, externalized bisexuality of like, well, I had this experience and I liked it. But also I'm having this experience and I also like it. Yeah. Um, which like you don't have to have that set of experiences to identify as bisexual, obviously. But um, I do feel like oftentimes we see bi characters who like don't. Either they're chaotic bisexuals, which is like our own, you know, favorite kind of category. Yeah. Or like there's no they're like sanitized bisexuals. And so I appreciated that um, you kind of see him like having experiences and then being like, oh, OK, like. Here's how I felt about it. Now let's figure it out from there. It was very sweet. Yeah. And one of the things, I think one of the things that's nice about um, that storyline with, uh, her name is Tara. Darcy and Tara oh, yeah. is the name of the couple. Um, uh, one of the things that's nice about that storyline with Tara, I feel like, is um, a lot of times... Um, as I've been, uh, the more queer stories I read, the more I see this thing that I'm like, I understand why this happens, but I like chafe against it, um, is in a lot of stories I've read, the bisexual characters, um, they are, these are usually in a, like, um, same-sex pairing, so it'll be, like, two men or two women um, and the way that their bisexuality is acknowledged is sort of something that's like very in the rear view. It's like the mm. person they they are like last the last person they were involved with was of a different gender, but it's in this way that's sort of like really removed from yeah. the story in a lot of contexts. And so it almost like sometimes it feels sort of like an afterthought of like, oh, I just I wrote that like this was just included in the story to like give you proof that they're bisexual yeah, or something, but like, like it doesn't feel really like relevant. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if relevant's the right word, but it just, there's something about it that feels kind of weird to me. Um, yeah. removed, it, I think, like you said, is yes. a good word. Yeah. yeah. And I think the nice thing about, um, about having Tara be like a person that's around and the sort of, you know, um, his friends were all like, oh, like Tara Jones is coming to a party. Like, um, you know, are you excited are you or whatever? Rekindle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is like, even though he's not interested in her, it like, I think brings that into the present as like, mm -hmm. this is a thing that he is still working through. Mm -hmm. And obviously in this story, like Nick is discovering his bisexuality. So it's a little bit different than a story where that is sort of like already um, worked out. But I think it just makes things a little bit more present as mm -hmm. opposed to like, oh, yeah, um, I'm going to give them like an X of a different gender just to sort of like establish things. Yeah. Um, which is funny because that's uh, if you were you might recall, listener. <laughs> um, in the queer art making episode when I was talking about writing my book and I was like struggling to figure out yeah. how queerness operated in it. There was a point at which like that was basically what I was doing where I was like, and like, here's this X they have. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not doing that anymore, but it like, it is much easier to just be like, yeah. let me shove this in, in this way. Yeah. Um, and that can like be fine sometimes, but it is nice to see in the present. I also really like that Nick and Tara, like they talk at some point, and I think Tara has, like, just come out in this conversation. And Nick is like, oh, I think I like Charlie. And she's like, oh, okay, great. And he's like, please don't tell anyone. And she's like, I won't. That's fine. Um, and they sort of, like, find each other um, in, like, a very sweet way of, like, 
they they each had like a different formative experience of each other. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think her like being present, and then they all end up like hanging out together a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a really sweet moment yeah. where they're all at a party. Um. I think that's maybe the same time that they have that conversation, and um, Tara and Darcy kiss and it like seems like the first time they're ever like kissing in public it's sort of like this coming out moment and Nick sees them kissing and it's just like so heartwarming yeah, he's like so happy um yeah because you can see like they feel free and he's like happy for them and there's a sort of implication of like him imagining getting to have that experience with Charlie yeah. um and there's like rainbow lighting and it's just a really lovely moment of like witnessing yeah Mm, that's a good way to put it it's just so sweet Mm -hmm. so much tenderness um and even when nick like we talked about when he tells his mom but when he tells his friends like i'm bisexual they're like great cool no further questions seems great um and i i just really like that I love to see it. I also really, really, really love um, all the friendships. Like, mm-hmm. there is um, there's a storyline in which, like, Tao is, like, really invested in trying to keep kind of his, like, core group of friends together and, like, preserve what, like, he, Elle, Isaac, and Charlie had. Um, and, like, Elle is at a different school now, and so he's, like, missing her, and they're having to kind of, like, re-navigate that. Um, and it seems like Isaac is sort of always around because he's <laughs> very solid, big Taurus energy. Um, and, uh, but then Charlie is like hanging out with like rugby people, hanging out with Nick and it's like a whole thing. And Tao is just like, I just want to have a movie night. Like friendship is the most important thing. And I just want things to stay the same. And like, I just want to like have this. And then like Ta- uh, Tao and Charlie get into a conflict, um, and they make up at the end. And like the way that they hug each other is just mm-hmm. like so... Um, it's like so like free and tender and like secure um, yeah. of like we just like love each other um, and I think that that is something that like when I encounter it um, in real life is always really moving and I think especially between boys and men um, there are like so many uh, <laughs> theme from this season there are like so many power structures that like make it impossible or make it really really hard or scary um, for men of like any sexuality to um, connect with each other yeah. um, and to like show affection for each other. Um, <laughs> and just like seeing them uh, get to have that at a very young age um, is just really, really sweet and really healing. Yeah. And I, um, <coughs> in that, um, that relationship or that storyline in particular, I think, um, the show does a really wonderful job of sort of threading the needle of both like um, further um, Taurus energy um, uh, in perhaps a different form than Isaac um, is um, Tao is very, he can be sort of like, inflexible yeah he's, he's like, like we're gonna what we're gonna come to my house we're yeah. gonna eat cookies and we're gonna watch the bad films that i have pre-selected and i'm yes. like honestly i understand how i get it <laughs> yeah he's like this is the way things have been and this, this is, is the way they're gonna keep is. being yeah um <laughs> i just wanted to stay the same yeah and so you both get to see like that he is being kind of unreasonable in the expectation like he's being inflexible and he wants yeah. everyone to just do things the way they've always been done. And I that, relate. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like movies, cookies sounds yeah. great. Play along guys. <laughs> and yeah. And so he's not, um, he doesn't necessarily like meet Charlie where he's at. Um, but then on the other side of that also, like Charlie is having this really, you know, this blossoming romance and he gets really caught up in Nick. And so that sort of like takes him away from his friends a little bit. Not because like Nick doesn't, you know, want to be with his friends, but just because the two of them are wrapped up in each other. And then also yeah. because prior to 
you know, meeting each other and falling in love, like that happened pretty quickly. They weren't in each other's worlds already. So they just don't have those like that connective tissue. It's something that sort of has to be built up. And then also because Nick isn't ready uh, to come out. And so Charlie like doesn't tell Tao, which becomes like a big issue. And Tao really wants to like protect Charlie from like the rugby kids. And so you sort of get to see like, Charlie also um, makes some mistakes Mm -hmm. and both of them kind of finding their way toward like, okay, here's a thing that I could have done better. Um, You get to see both of them. They, they really meet in the middle because they both have like a valid complaint and they or a valid like reason for like what's happening and they both were like unkind or they both were like not the best friend that they could have been yeah and I think getting to see that like I can't think of a lot of scenarios where I've seen where it's not just like one person is being unreasonable or one person is being a shitty friend but like no they're both um they both have things that they could be doing better and they both have ways that their like um expectations aren't fair. Yeah. Yeah, and they like I I can think of examples where it's like one person clearly did like the outsized wrong thing, but then like both people apologize and I'm like, well that's like not yeah, that's not the same thing. Um there's a similar sort of like friendship dynamic in the book We Used to Be Friends by Amy Spaulding. Um, I won't give spoilers for that because that like feels more central to the book. But if you're interested in these kinds of friendship conflicts, you can borrow my copy of that book. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone like they uh, they're very like present in their friendships and they're very committed to them um, mm-hmm. in a way that I love to see because I think like uh, especially in this kind of genre, um, as you mentioned, people having feelings of being in relationships, <laughs> often friendships are either sort of like taken for granted, like this is my friend and now I'm going to go pursue this romantic interest or like they're just in other ways, like not as valuable as whatever the romantic interest uh, mm-hmm. that is being pursued is. Um, and it feels like that is something that is like taken to task in this show um, in like a very nuanced way. Um, and Elle, one of the characters in the friend group, she, like, starts to develop feelings for Tao and, like, has a crush on him. And um, I think, is it Tara? Somebody, like, kind of catches her, like, looking at him or something. And it's like, aren't you going to tell him? And she's like, no, like, our friendship is really, really important to him. And he doesn't want things to change. And so, like, I don't want him to, like... Like, she isn't afraid to tell him because... It seems like she isn't afraid to tell him because... She's afraid to tell him her feelings, but she's, like, very conscious of the fact that he's literally said, like, our friendship is extremely important to me, yeah. um, and I, like, I need it to not change, <laughs> um, which is funny. Tal being a bit unflexible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, can you please just... <laughs> um, like, I'm, like, holding on for dear life, um, and she really, like, takes that seriously, um, and I think there's a second season coming, right? So yes. I, it was yeah. sort of left in this place where, like, I think that that will be, like, further explored. But even, like, in their friendship, um, it's very tender. They're very, there's, like, a scene at the end where they're, like, running around the school, like, laughing and, like, looking in classrooms in, like, a way that uh, the montage-iness of it all, like, feels, felt romantic to me, but also, like, just, like, unbridled child joy, you know? Yeah. Just, like, really um, sweet. And everybody, um, especially in Charlie's friend group, is just, like, really... Um, open about the way that they feel so deeply connected to their friends in a very brave way. Yeah. Um, the sentence unbridled child joy um, just runs together into Sorry. child bride. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I meant, okay. You know what I mean? I knew what you meant, but my brain was like, child bride. <laughs> yeah, I was like, those words, whatever. Child bride joy. Yeah. Um, no, not that. <laughs> Um, um uh, like uninhibited like yeah. they're they're not like <laughs> you know what I mean yes either of those things unbridled joy fine child joy also fine <laughs> it's when you put them all together 
Oh. Yeah, I guess I could have said young joy, but yeah. I mean, like it like felt very childlike of like, yeah. wow, we're just like doing this fun thing. Um, and there's no like heavy undertones. We're just like, we just like, we don't have a bunch of like societal, like, I don't know, bullshit in our heads about what friendship looks like. We're like, we're creating what that looks like for ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I really... Tao and L, that relationship is especially interesting because, like, it does seem, at least by the end, like um, Tao also has feelings for L, but they both are sort of like, oh, like, what do we do here? Mm-hmm. But the way that it's done feels very, like, because that friendship is so important to both of them that, like, whatever romantic feelings that they have, even if nothing happens like that relationship will still be preserved. Yeah. Whereas I feel like sometimes things are kind of presented in such a way that it's like, well, now, even if it hasn't been externalized internally, we've crossed this threshold mm-hmm. and we can never go back. And so like either this friendship has to escalate mm-hmm. or ultimately it's going to fall apart because, yeah. you know, or we, they're like weird around each other. Yeah. All of the sudden, um, which I think is the sort of like, either we have to get together or we can't be friends anymore. Um, And this just felt different. Like there's a point where they tell each other that they love each other and it feels very like a genuine friend thing, even, um, even with whatever like romantic feelings might be kind of growing there. Yeah. Also. So the first, um, the first season aligns um pretty directly with the first book um maybe it goes like a little bit into the second book um but they like based on how the first season was it seems like they will probably like more or less align um so this isn't really for the podcast I guess this is for you but I can also tell you what happens in for any of these people if you want to (laughs) know Great, great. On the way to Trader Joe's later, you can tell me. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. A character that we haven't mentioned that I just really love is Charlie's sister, Tori. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Tori. Such a good big sister. Um, I was interested to see if she would translate to the show well, because in the comics, truly she just like pops up in the background and like which is easy to do in a drawing where suddenly yeah. she's just like in the frame but they really nail it on the show it's she just does like, just suddenly up. she's in a doorway <laughs> or something and you're like where did you like, yeah. where did you come from there's a lot of scenes where charlie's like in the like at the front door and nick is like nick is arriving or leaving or something and then she's like a few feet away in the kitchen like, mm, like <laughs> looking in <laughs> like, i see what's happening yeah. here um, and she clearly like cares about Charlie yeah. a lot. She's like, it's interesting because it's not like they're friends per se, yeah. but they do talk to each other about things yeah. and they like sit next to each other on the bus. And, um, this, I mean, I think this comes through a little bit in the show, but something that you sort of see in, so Tori actually has her own book. Um, which is the original, uh, originally it was her story. The book oh. Solitaire was like her story. Oh, and then, um, but Alice was really interested in like Nick and Charlie and like developed them from there. But so it started out as Tori's story. Oh. Uh, so something that they sort of, you, they kind of hint at, but is never like explicitly named in the show, at least not in the first season, um, is that their parents are like not super emotionally available. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you even see their mom in the first season. She's always like working. Yeah. I don't think you do. You see the dad a couple of times, which honestly I was like, he's in these two scenes of him picking Charlie up from the movies. He seems more present than like in the comics. And he was mm-hmm. not around a lot, like in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like the parents are not super emotionally available. Um, they're not like bad parents from the perspective of like they're they, not. They haven't abandoned their. Children. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but they're not. Um, they're like not main characters. Yeah. Well, and they're not. <laughs> it's not like Nick's mom, who is like 
super supportive yeah. and like it's just they're just not like that. Yeah. And so I think like Nick and Charlie or um Charlie and Tori hat like their relationship is very informed by like they are each other's emotional support. Yeah. Um yeah, there's a scene where she like they have a very emotional conversation and she's hugging him and comforting him. And she's like, I can make us pizza for dinner. And I'm like, what about your parents? Like, not that parents <laughs> have to be the ones who cook, but like, is it? <laughs> where are they? Like, <laughs> are you going to eat dinner together? Like, what's going on? Yeah. But yeah, they're just sort of not around. Unless Charlie needs to be driven somewhere. <laughs> then yeah, the dad exactly. is there. Um, a final thing about Tori, just because it really amuses me, is she's like obsessed with diet lemonade. Oh, um, which in the show you see her drinking it. I don't know that it's ever named. You also yeah. see her in the comic. Like in the comic, she never she's almost never seen without like a cup and a straw in her hand. Which <laughs> love that <laughs> relatable. Um, <laughs> and I don't like, but in the uh, she makes many a reference to it in her book. Yeah, diet lemonade. So now you know. Anytime you see Tori with her cup, that's what she's drinking. It's oh. like all she drinks. That's good to know. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it was very sweet. I'm like, I'm really interested in um, like sibling um, representation because like sibling relationships are so complicated and there's like so many different ways. I guess just like any other kind of relationship, but um, there's a lot of stuff I find interesting. But I, I love seeing, I don't know anything about Tori's sexuality, but I loved seeing her be like so open and supportive um, and like such a safe place for Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, so it's a sweet, yummy, warm, feel-good show, and you must watch it. That's an order. That's your homework. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very comforting. Yeah. Yeah, and I found myself just, like, thinking about, um, like, the relationships in my youth that, like, got me close to some of those experiences, and then also just, like, thinking about um, how how a show like this when I was younger would have impacted me mm -hmm. and like what seeing like two teen boys falling in love and like having friends who accept them and like having this really sweet and like innocent romance, like uh, what that kind of representation would have done in terms of like expanding my worldview and also like expanding um, like the stock of reality that was available to me. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that the youth of today. I'm very glad that they, that they have this. There is, before we wrap up, there is a quintessential bisexual moment that we have not talked about. I'm like, oh, we got to mm -hmm. touch on this. Because as, as soon as I watched it, I was like, I need every <laughs> bisexual I know to know about this. Uh, it really made me laugh. So after Nick has kind of identified his kind of he's figured out that he's by he's sort of still not sure what that means for his life but he's like okay this is like how I f I'm attracted to Charlie this is how I feel um he's having a movie night with his mom and he oh, yeah. <laughs> googles a list of like LGBTQ movies as and I think he wants to like use that as a segue yeah. <laughs> um and you can see him like sort of uh, feeling kind of anxious about like how does he pick a movie and the list is like broke back mountain and <laughs> he's like oh and his mom is like oh you know why don't we watch Pirates of the Caribbean oh, yeah. you used to love that movie and he was like I didn't. and she's like you wanted to watch that movie every <laughs> single day <laughs> and he was like oh okay and so they watch the movie <laughs> and there's a, he uh there's a moment you see him watching Pirates of the Caribbean and it is Orlando Bloom, it's Will Turner, and um, Kira Knightley. <laughs> Kira Knightley as Elizabeth Swan, and um, I think he's hurt his hand, and she's like tying a, a kerchief on his hand or something, and they are looking at each other, and you get this moment of um, they're on screen looking at each other, having all of this like tension, and then Nick is looking between the two of them, going. Oh my God, like, <laughs> this is what was happening. <laughs> yeah, that truly is. Um, <sighs> thank you so much for making sure that we hit on that. Yeah. Yeah, um, the experience of being attracted to Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley simultaneously, <laughs> foundational for the bisexuals of our generation. Yes. I dare say. Um, yeah, I was like, wow, they like 
wrote this in here specifically for me. Yeah, like, we've been read. Oh, God, I watched that movie so much. I remember, like, one of my really, really, really good friends at that time uh, was, like, so into Orlando Bloom. <laughs> and she had, like, a pillowcase that had Orlando Bloom's oh my face God. on it. And I was always, like... I feel like, I mean, like, I get it. Orlando Bloom is conventionally attractive. But, like, him by himself was, like, not quite <laughs> doing it. And I, like, I didn't really know how to, how to articulate it. But I was, like, this pillowcase, not quite it. <laughs> the film, definitely it. <laughs> uh, now we know why. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, already came into that movie with Orlando Bloom feelings. Um, because of Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Those were, like, um, my, like, family, like, really got into those movies. And so I was already, like, wow, this guy. Um, which is funny because I'm, like, again, uh, now I'm sort of, like, yeah, no, only in yeah. <laughs> relationship to Keira Knightley. Um, but also, also, I didn't realize that um, Pirates of the Caribbean would had, like, such an impact on my life. But... Um, <laughs> I, um, fuck Johnny Depp, but right. I, yeah. uh, I dressed up as Jack Sparrow for <laughs> a Halloween party one time. Uh, I bet you looked <laughs> so good. It, it was excellent. I can only imagine. Um, my gr own grandmother saw a picture and was like, oh, who's this guy? <laughs> like did not. Wow. What an exquisite experience I of know. gender. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, <laughs> um, who, I guess, who knew, like, that you could predict um, queerness using Pirates of the Caribbean as a litmus test. Yeah, like. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think I watched, I did watch Pirates of the Caribbean. I obviously did. But, like, I didn't watch them in order. I mean, and the I, first one is really the only one that I yeah, say I, is worth. I like, don't remember anything about any of the plot, like, at all. This <laughs> wasn't it, important. It, nothing. It was, it was all just people looking at each other. Yeah, that's was truly, important. I only remember being like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> 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 that's all. No other memory. Yeah. Well, that made an impact on Nick, too. <laughs> yeah. Kinship right there. Oh, um, man, yeah. the experience of realizing that you were having a bisexual experience and you didn't know at the time, yeah. like initially. Yeah, cut back to me as a kid rewatching and rewatching um, If I Never See Your Face Again by <laughs> Maroon 5 and Rihanna um, and being like, ah, okay. <laughs> um, oh. And now I don't know that Adam Levine does it for me, like on his own. Um, Rihanna obviously still like... <laughs> She could get it, but um, yeah. I remember like watching that. I've talked about this that on the show before. I've just watched that music video so many times at my yeah. grandparents' house. Also, grandparents involved, um, <laughs> and being like, "Yep," and they were, you know, yeah, just having my little. I was <laughs> um, I was obsessed with um, Tommy and Kimberly from the Power Rangers, which ah. <laughs> is like very funny. Just thinking about the way that people are like. Kids don't, like, they don't know anything. Like, don't sexualize them. And it was like, well, it wasn't a sexual experience as a child. But e I also, like, there was definitely something going on yeah. there. Like <laughs> Again, cut to me making my Barbies, like, scissor each other. Exactly. Like, what are you talking like about? <laughs> <laughs> making my Barbies kiss, please. Kids figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh. But yeah, now um, I would say that, I mean, you know, Parts of the Caribbean is doing its job. Again, fuck Johnny Depp, but yeah. uh, it's doing its job. But now the youth has Heartstopper. Yes. That's beautiful. That is. Imagine having. Yeah, you can have actual, like. Yeah, like it's not just subtext. <laughs> yes. It's literal text. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's not BYO bisexuality. <laughs> yeah. BYO BYOB. <laughs> 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 yeah um well we're gonna be uh out of your feeds for the next month mm -hmm. is that right yeah um this is the end of the current season um so we'll be taking about a month off um 
if you miss us while you're gone, um, of course, you can always go back and revisit old episodes. We're building quite a catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find us on Patreon. We've got yep. playlists. Um, you do get a bonus quarterly episode over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want some more of us, that's where you can find it. Um, what else am I forgetting? Um, we will still be we'll still be doing stuff on Patreon during the mm-hmm. break. So um, if you're like, wow, I just really need some Chelsea and Christina, we understand. Um, that's the thing that you can pay for. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, starting at two dollars. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we'll miss you, um, but we'll be hard at work behind the scenes getting things ready for the next season. Yeah. Um, if you uh, if you do miss us, let's give you some time to um, recommend the show to your friends, mm-hmm. um, send them your favorite episode. Um, we would really appreciate that. We yeah. might make some reels while we're off. Yeah. So know. if you want to see us go viral yet again, <laughs> one of our world famous. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you can find us on Instagram over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the bipod. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, we will see you back here in a month. Chelsea will be 30 by the time we come back, right? Is that um, how time works? I think we'll come back before my birthday. Okay, never mind. Um, but very close. Like, it'll yeah. soon after. Prepare your birthday wishes for <laughs> Chelsea is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> thank you yes i will be accepting birthday wishes no great. matter the time great <laughs> um, um we'll enjoy the rest of your summers hags yeah. <laughs> have a great summer <laughs> i love that you said it and then we're like well let me define yeah well i didn't want it to sound like i was like using hags as like a noun <laughs> you listener a hag <laughs> can you imagine uh, Have a great summer. Um, We will see you back here in about a month. Yeah. Great. Um, Well, goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode. The Bipod is made possible by our patrons, including Bicon level supporters like On God Gill. You can find us on Instagram at The Bipod. And on our website, thebipod.com. This show is produced and edited by me, Chelsea Bergen. And our theme song is Coming Home by Snowflake.